Hey, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for listening to this edition of Digital Shop Talk. Got a great guest with me today. My name is Alex Porter with Location 3, and I have Drew Townsend with me. Drew, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Now, Drew, what's the, is there any backstory between how the spelling of your first name? Because <laughs> I think it's the, you're the only Drew I've ever met spelled that way. Uh, my mom knew a little girl in school who spelled her name that way, and she just liked the little girl and liked how she spelled it. So she remembered I love it. that. Yeah. Sometimes the simplest explanations are the best. Maybe we'll get to <laughs> some simple explanations about what's going on in the world of digital marketing and franchise here. So um, before we dive into all the fun stuff we want to talk about, I'm going to set my, ourselves a timer so that I don't talk forever, which I'm known to do sometimes. <laughs> Um, and, but tell me two things about yourself, uh, right now, who is your favorite musical artist to see live music? If you could pick one, um, Miles Kennedy, Miles Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I have heard some stuff of his and it is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. hopefully we get some, some new YouTube views for it. And then favorite vacation spot right now. Uh, St. Lucia just did a cruise and it was so beautiful. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I've never, I've never been to any of those islands over there, nor have I been on a cruise. Would you reckon, did you enjoy the cruise experience? I did. We went on celebrity and there weren't a lot of little kids, which made it nice. And we stopped at five islands. So you got to see a lot of different. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really fun. That's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. All right. Now you're making me jealous. Um, <laughs> We'll switch topics to the world of marketing. Give me the uh, the Vegas elevator pitch. So that's like you know thirty floors. Give me the elevator pitch of of your your background in marketing and franchising. Okay, um, I spent my career working for ad agencies, kind of traditional ad agencies, and primarily B two B client side. And I worked for Fast Lines International for twenty four years and saw a lot of things happen over that time. I started when there were 300 locations, and when I left, there were 709 countries. Uh, Held a lot of different roles there. Yeah, Um, started out as a field marketing manager and left as the senior VP of marketing, which was at the time the equivalent of a a CMO and was on the executive team. And I've been consulting for the last, gosh, three and a half years. Um, My company's called an outside view consulting. And I really believe that sometimes marketing teams just get so close to their own brand that they can use a little outside view. Um, and it just helps to love kind of clear the mind and, um, you know, give them some mind space to get maybe think of some new ideas or just have a different perspective. Absolutely. I think we've seen, I would say, I'm curious about your, what you're seeing out in the, the world these days, but I would say over the last three or four years, the, the idea of the fractional sea level officer has really has really taken off, whether that's in technology or even revenue or marketing. Are you do you do you feel the same way? Are you seeing that out in the world? I do, especially for newer companies or uh, companies that don't have big budgets that don't right or, or don't have a real complicated marketing um, product to sell that because they don't maybe they don't need that person full-time i think the bigger you get and the more options you have the more needs you have you probably need somebody full-time and then probably need a team and some agencies along with it but i think it's a good a good option for you know some different kind of different types of companies 
Are, do you see, do you see, uh, is there a theme kind of running through these engagements that are top priorities or top kind of impact projects that, that you'd like to get involved in? Um, I like doing strategy. I like helping uh, companies kind of look at their existing business model and see what might be improved or where there might be ways to kind of modify things to, to help the franchisees or to help the franchisor. Um, I think that just making sure that there's a plan in place that follows their objectives and helps them meet right. those goals, I think that really helps. And a lot of companies don't have that or have, you know, five lines of, of what that should be without the tactics to go with it. So that's my favorite part, learning about the company, digging in, and then trying to help put a plan together. I love that. I, I One of the things that we see oftentimes, and this is a companies of all sizes that they have issues with with really understanding their data and making the most use out of the data they have, the data that they're collecting. Um, tell me a little bit about that right now. What are you what are you seeing in the marketplace? What's what's working for companies that you work with? Like how do how do we think about marketing data? Well, first of all, there's so much of it. <laughs> and it's right. coming I mean that's part of the problem, right? Right. And it's coming from so many different sources, some internal data uh, silos. They have you know, this database for this and this Excel sheet for that. Mm-hmm. Then uh, you mentioned earlier when we were talking that there were just literally thousands of marketing uh, automation platforms for uh, companies to use. And so they have all, all different software platforms to integrate. And then, you know, Google and there's just so much data coming in. I think the most important thing is figuring out what do you want to track and why do you need to track it and then then figuring out how but i think anything you track needs to have a reason and needs to have an actionable consequence if it goes up or down or if it's not doing what you think it should be um, because you can just get overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the amount of data and i think also trends have gotten shorter you know we used to look at year over year and that was kind of the the way things were but things move so fast now that a lot can happen in a month or two months or three months. So I think trends form quicker and um, we should be looking for those and also for anomalies, trying to figure out why why, why the spike, what happened in the world that day, what happened in our business right. that day. Um, and, and just make... Sorry, there's just such make, a fire hose of data coming in um, that the ownership of the data and where you store it is so critical right now. I know that there's a lot of um kind of uh, recent martechs the last two or three years the phrase customer database platform has become the topic that dominates a lot of those conversations because of the importance of collecting your own data and owning your own data and first party data and and leveraging all of that for your marketing efforts but i still see that as a as a pretty big challenge in the in the marketplace right now what are you how how are you seeing in terms of just the pure ownership and management of of data i think it's complicated because there like we said there's so many different ways it's coming and data is expensive right it's expensive right. to gather it's expensive to hold there's regulations or policies that have to be upheld whether it's the eu or you know just depends on what you're doing, but there's a lot to think about when you think about data because customers are entrusting you with that and you have to protect it. And um, I, you know, I just think it's complicated. It's it is, it's complicated and there need to be real, there needs to be clarity inside companies who owns what data, who can do what, who can see it, who can change it, um, you know, who, who can 
manipulate it, you know, who can like run numbers on it, not manipulate in a illegal way, but I mean, who could run, you know, right. run, numbers on, <laughs> run numbers on it, reports and, and then who can analyze those reports, right? Because just seeing a bunch of numbers doesn't help you. You've got to have someone on your team or yeah. uh, outsource to a data scientist or somebody that can say, oh, this is kind of what we're seeing. And then the marketing team and the executives maybe can figure out this is what it means in conjunction with them. Yeah, that it's interesting you brought up the the career path of data scientist. I see that as data engineer, data scientist, someone that can make sense of all this and provide the action items is a is a great career path to be in right now. If you're right. if you're if you're on the fence, that would be a an interesting way to uh, to get into the field. I think that there's a lot of opportunity there for that. I agree. Uh, so franchising, you've so such a unique. Uh, business model it really if you haven't worked in it it's it's it takes a long time to kind of figure it all out and understand how it all works but one of the more unique things is that each individual location sends back a percentage of their revenue to be used for advertising for the brand overall um based on your experience across a wide variety of structures and and how that works what what do you see as a best practice for kind of leveraging those ad funds, the, that mm. that kind of collective, and and with the caveat that I know a, a twenty location is going to be very different than a two hundred location than a two thousand location. Right. Um, but uh, what what are some insights there? I think the most probably the most important thing is to have some clear written bylaws and policies about what the ad fund can and can't be used for, because mm -hmm. that will take away any questions about can we use it for training? Can we use it for sales? Can we use it to buy new chairs? You know, what are the things that it can be used for? Sure, right. And and then I find it best to use the ad fund to do things for the franchise system that they wouldn't or couldn't or shouldn't do for themselves. So what I mean by that is. Um, to have a website, to pay for an email marketing right. platform, to do customer research, to you know, cr do creative, um, figure out brand positioning. You don't want franchisees dying to do some of that on their own because they bought into a franchise to be part of a brand. Um, right. So you know, just clear guidelines. I think too, um, there, are, as you mentioned, different sizes of ad funds, but the larger ad funds can have a, a lot of money coming in and out. So I think it's important that. Um, the team, the marketing, the highest ranking marketing person um, really manages that budget well. I mean, monthly looking at it line by line to see where they can find, you know, we're not spending the money here. So where should we move this? Or if something bad happens, what will we be able to cut back on with hurt without hurting, you know, franchisee marketing or, or customer satisfaction or whatever those things are. And I think, too, there was a time when people just wanted to collect it and give it back in subsidies to try to make right. it you know make it a, an incentive to spend and and to me that's in hindsight we did that and i've done that multiple times but in, in hindsight that was probably not a great idea but just because you're just collecting it to give it back when you really could be using it on brand building awareness building plat you know getting right. marketing automation platforms uh, and things that would help the the whole company the whole franchise system versus um you know just um um, and I think, too, one of the things that, that I always try to emphasize with my teams is that a dollar in the marketing fund took, you know, $50 if you're paying 2% into the ad fund to, right. to get. So a $10,000, well, I hope I can do the math quickly, the $10,000 uh, <laughs> um, marketing expenditure it's would a lot. be, yeah, like maybe 500000 is that right? Uh, I'm not even going to try to do live math. I think that's I don't, what it I is. I don't so. do math after 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> the point being that the ad fund two percent of a you know a lot of system wide sales doesn't always equate to a lot of money, but you really got to be careful in spending that ten thousand, hundred thousand, million dollars because it took an awful lot of selling pizzas or signs or you know home care or whatever that is that is your is your franchise product. It took a lot of that to get that fund to be able to have money yeah, to reinvest in, into the business. Never thought of so, it that way from the from that kind of reverse percentage. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned the uh, subsidizing some programs and things like that because, you know, I, I know you said that maybe it wasn't the best use of funds, but I've seen it be really successful to introduce folks to a new digital marketing channel because I know one of the other challenges is getting the franchisees to do their own marketing and yes, and how do they spend that most effectively and you know, some systems say you have to spend X amount in local, but there's a there's not a ton of, I guess, transparency of track or tracking of that. That's a, that's a right. big challenge, just to make sure that somebody's spending in their local market. Um, I but uh, you know, I you you get sometimes the perspective of the franchisee. Well, I already give you money for marketing. Like, right. uh, why should I have to do this? Talk about that dynamic around what the kind of the quote unquote corporate marketing team is doing and the franchisees and what they're supposed to be doing and how that should or could work together. Okay. And just for clarification, I agree with you. It's uh, using those dollars as a way to kind of seed some mm -hmm. tests or to start some matching campaigns to get things going. I think that's fine. I think that yeah. what I mean is more like saying, okay, if you spend uh, $1,000 in your market on your chamber of commerce and billboards and radio ads or, you know, whatever those things are, we'll give you back 500. I don't think that's a good right. idea. Yeah, um, I agree. But, but, but I agree. Having some money in there to be able to see the campaigns or to encourage and assent or even more importantly, you know, paying for agency platform fees or paying right. for those kind of things. I think that makes all the sense in the world, but just to kind of give it back to the franchisees is, is I don't think a great thing. Um, and your second question, second part of that question was talk about how to spend locally. So um, I think one of the things is making sure franchisees know that, that what the ad fund is used for, that it's, it's built for awareness. It's built, it's used to um, build platforms, but that's just a sliver of what they should be doing, that they need to be doing brand building and actually marketing executions in, in their market too. And I think the thing is to give them ideas about how to spend it, whether that is, um, you know, social paid social or more um, adding to their pay-per-click budget or trying new things in the digital arena or having ads on different websites in their market, the business or a, a different, you know, a, a food platform or something. I think it's just a matter of trying to, to give them ideas about what to spend. And then it is hard to monitor it. Um, but looking at things like when you put together your FDD and you're looking at your, your item 19 and it says the right. percentage that was spent in marketing expenditures, when you see that if they put in 2% or 3% or whatever was required at their ad fund level, and they only spent another, you know, 0.2 or 0.4% or something, that's a good way for the marketing team and the ops team to start saying, gosh, you're only spending this much more money in your market, you know, based on your sales. And here's some other ideas on ways to spend that. And you can show them other uh, franchisees who have done what the recommendation like that and seen how it impacted their sales. Um, right. 
So I think just kind of giving them ideas on what to do and then having a clear path on how to execute that, because it's one thing to say, oh, go post some social media and, and do some paid social. And they're like, what? You know, I don't know who to do that with or how to do it. What do I post? So I think having platforms, agencies, um, content that's already prepared and just saying, you know, here's how you do it. Here's where you do it. Here's why you do it. I think that goes a long way to helping yeah. them spend locally. It takes a village. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of it's we've uh, at Location 3, we've been in the franchising space for quite some time. And it's so interesting to see what ebbs and flows and what's what is kind of popular and then what goes away. And it's uh, the franchising world is fascinating. Mm-hmm. What um, so tell tell us a little bit about um, any are there any cool franchise systems out there that you've got your eye on that uh, you think are up and coming? I'm putting you on the spot for this one. (laughs) (laughs) There's a new salad and go down the street and their food's pretty good Um, from just a consumer standpoint. You know, Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's how you spot that the, the, the healthy quick serve, I think is such an interesting category right now mm -hmm. um, that the, the ones that are popular are um there's not a there's not a big franchise for that. You know, you had the Qdobas and the Chipotle's and all that, and so the burritos, you know, the burrito phase is still out there. But the the kind of the really focus on the health health but fast is um, hasn't completely swept the nation, I guess. Yeah, I think people want to eat healthy; they just don't do it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm guilty of that myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm actually we're already kind of past the time that uh, our producer wanted us to go for. So we'll, we'll end with um, what's so obviously outside of, of AI, <laughs> what, what's, what, what's the kind of the one trend that you're most closely paying attention to? I guess we can say AI because I guess that's, that's really what everyone is focused on outside of their normal day to day. But anything, what, what trend is, is, uh, is interesting to you right now? I think some of the governmental regulations that are kind of by state, like for example, Montana trying, I think they did just pass something to ban TikTok. Um, you know, states like um, just having their own own rules about things. So you just have to just lose a whole state to be able to market, you know, using TikTok. Um, I think too that just the realization, it's not a specific thing, but I think the realization that we are really a global economy. That's been made very clear the last you know, three or four years and that we're uh-huh. the global economy. So whether that's inflation or supply chain or labor, whatever it is, um, you know, who knew that Ukraine was the breadbasket of the world? Before, right. You know, I didn't, you know, or I, did, I that, sure didn't. Yeah. That, that chips, you know, for electronics hardly were ever made in the United States. So you start to learn all these things and then you realize the implication of all that. And it's not just the big corporate headquarters or big franchisors. It's the guy, it's the franchisee down the street, right? That needs the refrigerator, yep. that needs, you know, the POS Precisely. system. That needs. So I think that's been the trend that I, I would say I'm watching is just the the reality and the huge impact of all the globalization and what it does to the guy down the street as well as to the, you know, to the big companies. And some of that's control and not really controllable. And some of it you have to just manage through, right, as a business yeah. owner. And I think that was my kind of my big aha over the last couple of years and it, it just continues to to grow. 
Yeah, and then you layer on top of all of that the intricacies that is franchising and all the government regulations or or things that are up in the air again state by state that's yeah. specific to franchising. It's 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 a complicated space. It still is a you know a great opportunity for folks to to be their own entrepreneur, be their own owners. But it's mm-hmm. at the high level, it's you've got your difficulties in marketing and then throw in uh supply chain issues and throw in some franchising issues and you've got a it's an you've got a you've got a challenge a challenge yeah. but an opportunity right right and that's what makes it fun right because every day is different and exactly exactly you're always thinking you got to always figure you know figure something out or be on the lookout for what is in the horizon that you're going to have to manage through or work through or just be aware of absolutely so uh, are you looking, are you open for additional consulting or should, should we send people to a, and, and is it in, what's the, what's the name of the website? Um, it is an outside view, uh, dot com. Sorry, I had to think there. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> we probably just LinkedIn is probably the easiest way yeah. I feel like for, yeah. for stuff like that. So Drew spelled D-R-U-E, you won't, you can't miss Drew, um, thank you so much for. I sorry, I never even asked. Gave you the opportunity to answer that question. Are you uh, doing some consulting work or open for consulting? Sure. Yeah, I, I, projects and and certain consulting jobs would be would be interesting. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, um, always a pleasure, and thank you so much for coming on. And I will hopefully see you in person at some point in the future. That sounds good. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Bye.